Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma. But we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. One of the biggest challenges when somebody is wanting to overcome a pornography issue, masturbation issue, or any other kind of unwanted sexual behavior is hiding in isolation. It's a totally normal response. I mean, people feel embarrassed. You feel overwhelmed. You feel judged. A lot of the times you might believe that nobody can really understand what you're going through, or they might not have helpful things to say. And some of the times that's true. There's lots of reasons, lots of barriers to opening up to other people, even though that is something I recommend all the time. It's a challenging thing to do. My guest today is Chandler Rogers, and he is a BYU student and a developer, co-developer, I should say, of an app called Relay. And Chandler's going to come on today and tell his story about struggling with pornography as a teenager and believing that he was totally all alone and couldn't open up to other people about this. And what I love so much about his story like so many of the great stories that we've heard on this podcast, is that when he found a good place in recovery, he turned back around to figure out a better way to help people. Leveraging technology, leveraging his skill set and interests to be able to create a way for people to solve the problem that was really plaguing him, which was a lack of connection. He's learned how much connection has helped him in his own recovery, and this app is one of his solutions for that. And so I was really excited to bring him on to talk about not only his story, but also some of the resources that he's offering. I love featuring new voices and people that are out there trying to make a difference. When I started working with these issues in my practice almost 20 years ago, there were so few resources out there for people. And so a lot of the times there, people would just give up easily and just feel like, well, I can't talk to my neighbor about it. I don't really want to talk to so-and-so about it. So I guess I'll just try and muscle through alone. And now, boy, there are just so many resources that people can use to get help. And it's broken down so many of the barriers. And so Chandler is going to talk about his story. He's going to talk about his journey in, in recovery and include what he's done in terms of speaking up with his wife and other people in his world. And then, of course, the work he's done to create this Relay app and really the importance of staying connected and accountable along the road to recovery and how to create a tight-knit support group in kind of a team-based environment to overcome this. We talk about connection as the solution to addiction, and I'm grateful for folks like Chandler who have found ways to help make this so much easier. Let's jump into my interview now with Chandler Rogers. Well, Chandler, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And I discovered you, you reached out to me to talk about this, uh, this app you guys have built, the Relay app, and I've seen it and looked at it, and I'm a big fan of it. 
we'll talk more about that in a little bit here, but I, I definitely would love for my listeners to hear more about you and your backstory and, and really what led to this, because I know that so much of what you've been through, you and your wife, like has informed, you know, what you're now creating and offering to others. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think my story really does start with my experience personally in, in trying to overcome pornography and, and really like, like many people, it started at a pretty young age for me. So yeah. I was uh, about 15 years old, probably 14 ish around the time that I realized just kind of going through puberty and, and kind of accidentally not even trying to stumble upon like masturbation, kind of understanding that I was starting to get into to habits and things that weren't things that I had any intention of, of doing. And kind of as, as time went on throughout my high school years and pornography became more of an issue. I really just remember feeling this intense desire to to align my my entire self and to, and to correct those right. habits that, that had developed because really like from the outside no one suspected that that I was a kid that would struggle with something like this and I never anticipated that either but for years I tried completely in isolation to overcome this because I kept I think denying to myself that this was something that I could struggle with and so it was really hard for a while. Like I, I eventually worked up the courage to talk with my, my bishop at church and, and talk to my parents eventually. And I think a key part of my journey was when I, I started to join a group program when I was a junior in high school. That was the first time that I had really gotten to associate with other guys that were yeah. also going through this. And so I guess like, feel free to jump in if you want me to, to expound on anything or if you want to interrupt, like that's totally happy to. But the story from there is really like, through that experience, not only did I guess like have my eyes open to the fact that there were other guys who were like quote unquote normal or, or cool people that were also trying to work through this. And, and I think it changed my self-image in that way. But right. also right. started to realize like I could be way more effective at trying to make the progress that I wanted to and find healing by working together with these guys. So not just knowing that other people exist and that I'm not the only one, but right. actually proactively figuring out how how do I work with them? And so that was really the catalyst for this theme throughout the rest of my recovery, which is teamwork and really banding together in a really tight knit way. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I love that distinction there that, that it's not just knowing that other guys exist, right? Because you could, you know, you could learn that by somebody just saying, Hey, Chandler, there's other people that struggle with this. And that's, you know, comforting yeah. to some degree, but knowing how to leverage those same people to not only help you, but to also support each other is a totally different animal, right? <laughs> yeah. It, and it was, it was something that I would say didn't immediately click. And to this day, and, and this does get into why we started Relay, mm -hmm. like it's something that I'm still learning and trying to work at because once I realized, oh, hey, there's actually a ton of value in me trying to figure out how to work together in a deeper way with these guys. It was figuring out how do we do that? I think for so many years, like connection became something that was stuffed in a box and it was broken in. And I needed to relearn a lot of how to be okay with connection and how to, in a, in a place that I felt really vulnerable, figure out how to get past those natural tendencies of mm -hmm. turning inwards and turn outwards. And, and I found like through my, my journey, particularly before I went and, and served a mission yeah. uh, for the church of Jesus Christ. And after I got home, like not only getting support, but figuring out how I could give it helped me start to do better, which was transformational for yeah. me. What did you notice? Like what specifically, when you say like you notice things, like what did you start to see happen? Yeah. 
I think for one, like this foundation of honesty, like it was one thing to be fully honest, like on a one-time basis with my mother, like when I talked to her or later on with my spouse, like when I started dating her. And it was another thing to figure out how do I be brutally honest and authentic and accountable to this group of people on a recurring basis, forcing me to be fully honest with myself in the process. And I think like in that process, I realized that I could be that like that level of honest with other people and not feel shame, which was really huge. Like we were able to have open dialogue with each other to share freely. And what was huge was that they were in the same boat. And so in a way that was totally different from like my mom or or my spouse or other friends who maybe I'd opened up to, but weren't going through this. Right. Like these guys had a lot of empathy and we were able to, to really work together in a way that, that reduced shame because we didn't necessarily expect perfection out of each other, but we did expect honesty and, and consistency. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I, it's really only a group of people that like understand like what that struggle really is that that can understand that it's not something that you're going to yeah. get from, you know, people that haven't understood like the personal disappointment and frustration, powerlessness of trying to overcome something like this. Totally. Yeah. And so for you, like the first time that you sort of recognized that you weren't alone in this, like how long had you struggled with it before you found this group? Like you said, like a year or two, a couple of years? Yeah, probably about two years. Wow. that's uh-huh. a, Yeah. And I think, I think so many people struggle so much longer than that in yeah. my experience that sometimes they'll go years and years believing that they're the only one silently struggling with this and i just think it creates so much unnecessary suffering and so yeah, yeah. and so in the group process that eventually kind of i mean do you still are you still in touch with a lot of these guys or did that eventually like sort of run its course like where did it go after that yeah well well i think i noticed a couple of things and and i guess like another part of my story is i actually attended a variety of different groups and this was over the span of i guess like four years total kind of as i was finishing high school and then as i was starting college so kind of two years in each of those buckets okay and so it was a it was a variety of groups and i guess over the course of all of that probably come to met to meet like i don't know 30 40 different guys and, oh, yeah. and most of them probably you know about my age so in mm-hmm. their 20s but but kind of all, all sorts of variety younger older in different circumstances. And like one thing I noticed was there was like these stints where we would be really good at like, okay, we have this system, like we set up a group chat and we're like, all right, on these days of the week, we're going to like share, you know, these different things, or we'll try to get together in person even um, at this type of cadence. And, and I realized like when we, when we really were good at, at trying to set up our own system like that, we started to nurture a lot of meaningful friendships. And so the short answer is like, definitely some of the guys like that were a part of that process for me, like, like we still keep in contact, we're still friends. But then there was a lot of the other part of the time where things fizzled out or, or you know, it was tough. It took a lot of proactive effort on our end to figure out how were we actually going to quote unquote, like work together outside of these like once a week meetings. And so I would say that the majority of those people that I met, like we, we missed out on an opportunity probably to go deeper and to get more out of what could have been a really effective way at nurturing meaningful connection and helping each other be successful. And so like, unfortunately, and this also kind of led to my realization, like that uh, to start relay was I wasn't really taking full advantage of the opportunity I had with a lot of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's like, you could sit around and like, have these really in-depth discussions during meetings or, you know, in these moments that are more centered around trying to overcome an unwanted behavior. But 
you know, and, and, and not that it can't blossom into a friendship and you do other stuff, but sometimes it feels like you're, is it kind of like you're straddling these two worlds and trying to figure out how to integrate them and, and build like yeah, a long-term totally. connection? Is that really what you're talking about? Yeah, totally. Figuring out like, how do we go beyond mm-hmm. the bounds of, you know, just trying to check the box and, and update each other on how we're doing, being right. honest, like how do we go deeper than that? But also even just being consistent with some of those simple things around right. being honest and being accountable and, and showing up and going the extra mile to actually take an interest in someone's life. Like those type of things weren't happening a ton within our group, right? right? It was a lot of discussion around, you know, a therapist led program, which, which was great. Right. But I think it was a lot of experimenting and, and some successes and some failures and trying to figure out like, okay, how do we translate this into something that really is meaningful for all of us outside of the group? Right. And I don't know if it was like this for you or not, but a lot of the guys that I've worked with over the years, they sort of feel like it's like they feel like they kind of get tired of only checking in with these guys around these issues. It's like yeah. they want to feel, for lack of a better word, normal. They they believe that, I mean, they've had other male friendships, they've had other guys they've hung out with, and they know that like they're not just sitting around talking about their worst stuff or their struggles. And but sometimes when that's like the one thing that brings you together, it's it's hard to to branch out and, and have other kinds of conversations. And you can even start to avoid the very supports that you need because you feel like all you're doing is talking about right. your problems, right? Right. Which can be very easy then to re- reflect that back onto myself, yeah. right? And and associate that with that's where I feel my worst, or that's like yeah. I'm not proud of who I am, right? Yeah, right. totally. And I I think an interesting analogy that comes to my mind is, well, what if I accidentally fell into that pattern with my wife and we only talked about our weaknesses and, and the things that we were struggling with? Like that wouldn't be a very healthy or meaningful relationship, but it is important that we have that aspect of our relationship, that it's balanced and, and that there is more to it than just that. But, right. but having that kind of vulnerability around our weaknesses is important. And like you said, definitely had to be kind of self-aware to not push that away. Yeah, it's such an interesting piece of the cha- of the of the recovery process that I think sometimes I don't know gets overlooked. A lot of times, I think I again the guys I work with they they feel like well I'll reach out for these guys and connect with them and and talk about this, but it almost feels like it's part of like it's just part of like getting sober from the acting out behaviors if you want to use that term. And then it's almost like once I'm in a good place, I don't really need these guys anymore. And yeah, and long term recovery, of course, is learning how to stay in connection and learn how to let you know, just sort of like build these connections along the journey for all the different stages of life. And I mean, was that, was that for you a big, a big part of creating this app then? Yeah. Was to sort of learn how to nurture these relationships and practice relationships basically. Yeah, no, totally. And I, and I think like to kind of then transition the story that I've kind of told about my experience to now, and then how that ties into relay, a big piece of kind of the insight or what sparked it was realizing how do we make it easier for people to stay connected and accountable in a tight knit way? And for those that don't have it to find that strong support system in the first place, Yeah, realizing that for most people, friends and family that aren't in the same boat, aren't able to fully provide the kind of support that they need. Like, how do you make that more accessible? But then like, once you found it and once like you talked about, maybe it's something that's I for sure value as important while I'm recovering. How do you make that something that can translate to kind of the post, I don't know, post recovery using the right word, but how do I just integrate that in my natural life right. rather than say, okay, once I hit X weeks, I don't need this anymore. I found that, you know, both the amount of money it, it costs to go to a, a program and the time investment, that was often a big reason that me and right. other friends I had that finished those type of programs didn't keep going is because there wasn't like a really clear 
way to turn around and start giving back that didn't require a ton of investment because they'd figured out how to go like live their lives and focus on other really awesome goals, which I think is great. I think with Relay, what we're trying to do also is how do you help people feel some degree of like simple opportunity to help others, whether you're zero days sober, 12 weeks sober, a year sober, like we're trying to build a platform that makes it easy for people to both give and get support. Yeah. But specifically like integrating it into your life so that you can always be a resource in a way that's effective for others and also healthy for you to keep you on the right path. Right. Because once the immediate like issue of pornography is out of the way, it's not something that's a daily struggle or weekly struggle. It's not something that's calling to you all the time. Then it's still an incredible resource to learn how to just talk about what else is going on, you know, which is really the deeper work of recovery, which is letting yourself be vulnerable, letting yourself be seen, not trying to just go it alone all the time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think like one interesting thing that, that I've noticed like in Relay and, and so basically like how it works, right, is we help match people into these groups of six to 10 other, other people that are working towards the same goal. They may be at these different stages. So it's interesting to kind of see how, like, I guess like up front, we help people understand, like, it's not their responsibility to be, you know, these guys therapists, just like, you know, if I form a group with my friends, right. of course, it's not my job to help like manage their life. And I don't need to feel like an emotional burden there. But it's interesting to see how they start to figure out in a healthy way, ways that they can yeah. provide a level of support that kind of works for the people in the group in a way that, right, they're able to talk and process through emotions, which is a lot of the value, right? It's not as much just talking about like, hey, I stayed away from porn today. It's a lot more about like, I'm feeling stressed because I have this thing going on in my life. And these guys are able to rally around each other and help talk through it where they may not have anywhere else to turn for that. So I think that is that is part of like the the skill that we're trying to help people develop that I definitely agree, like integrates beyond just the recovery journey itself. Yeah, that's awesome. So so basically what you've done is you've created a, a place where people can go, they sign up in the app and then they they immediately get, I assume there's some some screening questions or some basic stuff you ask, yeah. but then they're put into <laughs> they're put into their own relay group of other guys that are on this journey. And there's just ways for them to start immediately sharing, connecting, asking for support. And just having some of these really sort of natural ways of just reaching and connecting and responding to each other. Yeah, I know the the number one thing that that Relay does as an app is help you access tight knit support. Because there's a lot of places that, like in my personal experience, like I found in the recovery community, that I can access a broad forum or a lot of people. Yeah, and then maybe I can get you know one on one support from someone in my real life. Hopefully, like many people probably don't have access to even that. But having a, a small group of really intimate and close support is something that I noticed was just missing and it was hard to access. And so yeah. when someone comes into Relay, yes, it's, it's helping them if they don't have that group, matching them into this tight knit group. And then a few of the ways that, that then like, like, what does it look like once I'm in Relay? Like a few of the ways that we help these groups start to work together. Number one, we're trying to make it easier to reach out in moments where you're feeling off, whether you're feeling tempted to act out yes. or whether you're just noticing like, I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling burnt out, helping people both develop the self-awareness, but then translate that into being able to reach out with just a click of a button. Like we have a red flag feature, for example, that is really popular among a lot of our users where they love it because they don't have to craft this whole, 
you know, message around, Hey, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z <laughs> right. and, and you know, all the things that make it so that we don't, we don't reach out today because it's just so tough to craft that kind of a message to even have that self-awareness. Yeah. It so feels complicated. Button, yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. So I can just raise a red flag. It sends a notification out to my group and they immediately know what that means. And it doesn't matter whether it it's about to act out, whether I'm just feeling stressed, right. it's about, I'm not in a good place, reducing the friction to reaching out and then starting to have a conversation around that. Right. It's been huge. Right. It's just a message of, Hey, I just need something. And then it's like, once that human contact is made, it's, it's kind of reminds me of that scene in, um, well, we bought a zoo with Matt Damon, where he says it just takes a few seconds of insane courage to, you know, it's kind yeah. of, once that yeah. happens, you yeah. get that. He was talking about asking a girl out, but like, it's the same thing. It takes a few seconds of, of courage just to push that button and say, I'm struggling. And then like the ball gets rolling and then you've got guys that are responding. And at yeah. that point you can just say, well, this is why I pushed it. And then it makes it easier. It's like, yeah, it's so true. I can't tell you Chandler how many times I've, I've sat with guys over 20 plus years and, and we're just sitting in my office like, trying to figure out like, okay, who's the best, like, you know, you can go to 12 step group. They're just like, oh, that's overwhelming. Or I feel like I go there and no, nobody talks to me. And there's just, or, you know, I'm in this therapy group. There's all these different group settings where they you think they could go, and I and and I'm the last person to be critical of any of those because those work for a lot of people. I still send people to those resources, but to have an option for someone to be able to say, I don't really want to tap into my natural support system. I don't really have anybody who who I can count on, or I don't really want to like put this out there. But then they're guaranteed in this group setting, and, and like in the app that you're describing that you guys have created, they're guaranteed to be teamed up people immediately where they can start getting that support and not have to go through all the hoops and taking all the risks to try and create that. And then it builds into something that probably organically will become meaningful to them. That's the goal. Yeah, no, totally. And it's been really cool. Like one story, for example, we, we launched the app back in September and there was this group of guys that all kind of joined around the same time. And I talked to one of them specifically and he had never felt like he had enough courage to go to an in-person like 12-step or one of those groups. And so when he saw a relay, he immediately thought like, oh, this would be a simpler way for me to get that kind of group. Cause he was realizing like doing it on his own was not working very well. Right. Right. But it's been really cool to kind of follow up with them. And that group has been super close. Now it's been about four months that they've been in the app together and they've developed this like super close friendship, but they've told me stories about like one of them raising a red flag, like super late at night and immediately like three guys jump on. Wow. Um, so it's kind of cool how they, they start to feel like almost a sense of purpose and being able to be there in a way that's gotten them all really excited and driven. And, and that's just been a really inspiring, I guess, story to see from one of the groups I've talked with. That's amazing. Cause you know, we often talk about, you know, make a phone call, call somebody. And, and it's like sure. the, yeah. I know in Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about the 500 pound phone, you know, back in the day when the phone was like a receiver, but just how heavy <laughs> yeah. and how difficult it is to pick that phone up and make that call. There's a huge barrier, totally. but to throw a flag up or just to sort of alert it really does yeah, remove, just a click. Yeah, yeah, it just removes that barrier. And I love that. I love that this tool can make it easier for people to get the help they need in a very real way, very targeted way. Yeah. Because yeah, who's not no, who's sure. not who's not on their phone, right? Everybody's got their phone on them. No, exactly. <laughs> and that was the thing that also kept perplexing me. Like I'm showing up and I'm I'm investing money and time to developing relationships with this group once a week in person or on Zoom. Like we need to find ways to be super accessible to each other from the thing we have in our pockets 24-7 yeah. when I actually need them there because <laughs> I'm doing fine when I show up to group. I'm yeah. not, I'm not getting, getting hit then, but there's a lot of times throughout the week that I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling down, I'm getting hit with temptation. 
And so, yeah, reducing the barriers, not only to raise that flag, but also a key part of the app is we're trying to help make it easier to see how people are doing on an emotional level to where maybe I don't raise a flag, but someone can see that I logged a check-in that I was feeling kind of burnt out or lonely. Yeah, They can initiate a conversation because they have that kind of visibility. So we're trying to create this shared environment that that you still maintain your privacy and, and your sense of personal journey, but create visibility that you can be more effective to each other. Yeah. Like you decide what you'll share and then you know, you're putting yeah. out maybe some breadcrumbs or some sort of a little indicator of where you're at and where you're going and people can just jump in and ask questions. And yeah, I love that. I love that it's it's not only giving you, a, you know, people a place to put where they're at, but I think more, you know, maybe an, uh, another benefit of this is, like you said, training the others, everybody in there, how to start noticing and caring about other people, which is a huge part of healthy living, healthy emotional living is it's good yeah. for their, it's, and it helps them as a parent, helps them as a spouse, like to be able to notice and pick up on, on how some, they can have a place to practice that, you know, look after yeah, each other. Yeah, totally. It's powerful. Oh, I love that so much. So if people want to join Relay, what's the process for that? Yeah, well, they could go to our website. It's uh, joinrelay.app. I'm sure you'll maybe have a link in the description yeah. for that. Yep, we'll put one in so, there. So from, from the website, you can see more snippets of the app and what people are saying about it. And there's a link to download the app there. Okay. And then it's it's just Relay on both the App Store and the Play Store. So yeah, but going to the website is probably the easiest place to, to get to it. Okay, awesome. And is there a is there a charge for that? Is there a monthly charge or how do you guys Yeah. 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 So we actually had the app as free for quite a while. And we were thinking, you know, there's probably other ways that we could make money, but we are charging a, a monthly subscription now. We're trying to keep it pretty cheap. It's been at four dollars a month as kind of a an early access pricing. It'll probably be eight dollars a month here soon. We want to still keep it affordable. One of the things we realized though is is when people didn't have skin in the game you know, a good percentage of your small group would drop off right away just because, you know, people download apps all the time that are free and then immediately don't use them. Sure. Since we've changed to a subscription model, we've actually seen way better uh, oh, yeah. engagement. And, and we kind of talked to a lot of people to get their feedback. And and I think one of the things that we've learned is viewing it as almost like my commitment to be there for the other people in the group. And that seems to make the experience better for everyone. So, it doesn't work yeah, without that. Exactly. Like, right. it's, it's not a solo... And, program. <laughs> right. And it allows our team to, we have, you know, five full-time people working on this right now. It allows us to keep making the product better and better because ultimately we're doing this because we want a really effective platform that helps people get good tight knit support. And that that's going to continue to go for the next, you know, however many years we're working on this, we want to invest and, and keep making it better. So I love it. You know, there's so many tools in the fight to help people have sexual integrity and stop unwanted sexual behaviors. And and community, I mean, to really leverage this ability to have community like this is huge. There's obviously been around, you know, filters and, and all kinds of other tools to help slow down or block the flow of material, unwanted material. And then there's even like, you know, accountability software and other kinds of things. But this, this real sense of building relationships and community is, is a huge piece of this. And I think it's going to do a lot of good. I'm really excited about it. I know when you reached out to me to, to introduce it to me, I was... I was very thrilled and it's something that I'm definitely offering to my community as well in my trust building oh, workshop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know how passionate you are about connection and that's why we were so excited to reach out to you is, yeah, so many people in the space do awesome things with accountability, with blockers, which, with yeah. education. 
you know, we're not PhDs. We're not trying to rewrite the playbook here, but we are trying to make it easier to have that tight knit support. And yeah, I agree that connections, everything. Yeah. And just removing some of the natural barriers and, you know, we can be critical about it and say, well, you know, just have the courage and pick up the phone or just whatever. I'm like, well, first of all, nobody calls each other anymore. (laughs) I don't get very many phone calls anymore. And so, you know, my kids are always like, dad, that's just awkward. Nobody calls each other. So so let's (laughs) just kind of go with what people are doing, which is clicking buttons. And then it does open up an actual conversation, which I think gets the job done. And, And I'm sure some of these, you know, if they live close to each other, can even turn into meetups and chances to meet and connect and do totally. other things besides just, like we said, just talk about recovery stuff. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, I love, I love what you guys are doing. And I love that you've taken, you know, your own experience, your own story and done something with it instead of just going, well, that's not for me or whatever else, like, but really found a way to give back and improve, you know, a process that just modernized really something that I think has always been necessary since, you know, you know, I would just even go back to Alcoholics Anonymous where people sat in a room and talked, but to really leverage the tools that are available now for that, to make it so accessible to people and really remove all the barriers. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it definitely was inspired by, by me seeing what the other side of the coin looks like mm-hmm. and not, yeah. not having good connection and not taking full advantage of all the other awesome people that are working towards the totally. same goal and wanting, wanting to make that easier for people to take advantage of. Well, thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for sharing your story. And like I said, Thank you, I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Anything else you want to say, just put you on the spot here. Any any other like final words on on this issue and, and the impact it's had on your life? I'd love to just have you just provide a few closing thoughts for my listeners. Yeah. I think when we think about this journey that we're all going through here in life, I think it's important to understand that all of us have really crippling weaknesses that so many people probably don't see in us. And we keep that we tend to keep those close to us. Sometimes I think that's our natural tendency anyways, is to not be vulnerable and and to kind of back into the corner of isolation, whether it's pornography, whether it's anxiety or depression, whether it's a circumstantial type thing, like losing a a loved one. I think life is not designed so that we should be bearing our hard things alone. Mm, And I think one of the most profound lessons that stuck out to me is, is that, that life is actually meant to be something where we link arms, whatever our trials are with people that have the same ones as us and those that have their own. And we learn to be open and to boost each other like a team along the road that we're all walking together. And that's, that's really, I guess, the thing that I would leave is, is just kind of the idea that we're all walking this life together. And it's not just like connection is not just this idea of we come to momentarily vent feel better about ourselves, but it's this idea that we proactively form these teams, meaning we're all working towards some common purpose and we're going to help each other and play different roles and work together so that we all collectively move towards where we're trying to go. And I think as, as we focus on that, I think we'll find a lot of value and a lot of happiness in turning outwards and seeing where we can both help and where we can get help from others. Awesome, man. Hey, I love this. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story and and the work you're doing. And again, thanks for the app. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Happy to be here. and, And thanks for all you're doing too. Appreciate it, man. Once again, thank you, Chandler, for joining me on the podcast. So great to hear from, once again, innovators and new voices and people who are out there making a difference. And I will put links to ways you can get the, uh, Relay app. You can also follow Relay and Chandler and the work that he's doing on Instagram at join relay. So check all that out. I'll put it all in the show notes for you. 
And as always, you can visit fromcrisis2connection.com and you can find links to follow me on social media. And you can also find online courses, past episodes of this podcast and all kinds of resources to help you overcome unwanted acting out behaviors, betrayal trauma, and rebuilding trust in your relationship. I'm here for you and I've got lots of resources and I love connecting with you. So drop me a line. Let me know what's helping you. Let me know what you need. And I'm pretty responsive and would love to hear from you. So as always, share the podcast, let people know about it. People are hurting out there and we want to get people good information. And that's one of the biggest reasons I do this podcast is to amplify voices and let people know that there are just fantastic uh, resources out there and they don't have to do this alone. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks for listening every single week. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. 